This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I want to show you that grace, the grace of Jesus Christ, has this plethora, this wide variety of experiences. And this morning I want to talk to you about holiness. Holiness is a word that if you grew up with a grandmother or possibly a mom or dad that went to church, holiness was a really tough word because it meant so many things, so many different things to different people. Holiness sounds something difficult to ever do. I know I grew up in an environment where where the word holiness almost kind of came off like you had to be perfect. And the good news is you don't have to be perfect to live a holy life. Everybody say, whew, yeah, isn't that a a pressure reliever? Uh, Because we would all be in trouble if we had to be perfect. So I want to talk about holiness, but I want to teach you this morning. It's from a biblical perspective of holiness, not just what maybe an aunt or an uncle or a Sunday school teacher told you what holiness was because that's what they thought holiness was. I want to show you in Scripture that you can live a holy life that's pleasing unto God, and it doesn't have to be painful, and it doesn't have to be miserable. What good would holiness be if you couldn't smile? Is that really holiness? Holiness should make you grin ear to ear. Everybody put your best smile on. Remember that Orbitz commercial? I think it was, wasn't it Orbitz where at the end of the commercial they went, bing, put your little bing. Smile on everybody. Let's get started. Father, over the next few minutes, I just pray that something could be said through your word under its anointing and direction that could be received with anointing and direction. Therefore, God, it would bring about a life change. I thank you in advance. There's not anyone here by accident. Everyone that walked in here today was sent here by the direction of God for a reason. And I just pray, Lord, that we'll all leave here experiencing what we were intended to experience today. Let there not be one obstacle in our way. Let there not be one distraction to get us detoured from where we're needing to be. We're in this moment, for this moment, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. To the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 13, and verse number 14. And I'm going to choose to read this very first scripture today in the message transliteration of scripture. This actually is a closing prayer of Paul. It's a benediction. And Paul closes out his letter in this particular way. And it's my prayer for you for the remainder of our time today. And it simply says this, the amazing grace how many of you enjoyed the very first song that Jared and Stacy, Colt and Melissa, along with this incredible band, led us in today? It was featuring these words, amazing grace. The reason I pause here is to let you just know, it all starts with grace. And it all ends with grace. And everything in between is through His grace. From Bible cover to Bible cover, it is expressed to us It's drilled down in us, Keith. It is just pounded into the reader of Scripture 
that any and everything by God to you as his creation has done so without you even earning it. It's a gift of grace. So this benediction prayer is rather fitting when it says, And the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ. And then we see that because of the extravagant love of God. And then there's a third portion that kind of puts it all into perspective for our time today. Talking about holiness or holy living to God. And it says the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. So let this preacher, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal, I'm going to rip off Paul's words. And I'm going to speak to all of you this very same prayer. May the amazing grace of our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, and may the extravagant love of God, and may the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with every single one of you. Someone say, I received that. Wouldn't that be beautiful to live that out? Well, you can. It all starts with grace. And when grace opened up the door for you to be saved, it also opened up the possibilities that are unlimited in God. It opened up these incredible opportunities and privileges that only grace allows. One of which is water baptism that we spoke about last week. And the, and the next one for now, for what we're dealing with today, is holy living. The reason this is so critical it really stems out of the book of John. John um, says, and, and rather the words of John, pardon me, it stems from the words of John found in the book of Luke, chapter 3, verse 16. John answers saying to them, John says, I baptized you with water. That was last week, if you recall. But now John says, but one mightier than I come, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he, meaning Jesus Christ, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Someone say the word fire. fire. Now, I've, I've said this a thousand times in this pulpit, so for all of you that have already heard this, just laugh like you've never heard it said before. But I've got two little girls, a 10-year-old and now a 6-year-old, and both of them have, have uh, had their children's Bible before that has the pictures in it. And it never goes over well whenever I'm reading the children's Bible with the picture and we get to the book of Acts where the Holy Ghost and fire was experienced and there's those pictures of these people with fire on their heads. You can't get a kid to want the Holy Ghost when there's fire on people's heads. You can't get adults to want fire on their heads, right? Well, the interesting part is the good news is we don't have candles lit. And we don't have cigarette lighters. Uh, we don't have blowtorches here in the altar today. Because the, the excellent news that the preacher has is it's not a physical lighting of fire on your head. Thank the Lord. Now, water baptism is actually literal. Because there is water. And Christ was our example in water baptism. But the reason there's the choice of words called fire with the Holy Spirit experience. It's really an inside experience. It's an inward experience. Water baptism, guess what? You get wet. It's an external public display 
It lets everyone know on the public side of things what's going on on the inside. But the Holy Spirit is on the inside. It's an inward work of God. Bishop Ron has, has said this through the years, and I think it's just so spot on. When you come to believe in Jesus, when you call on the name of the Lord for your salvation, you really put your trust in him, no one can do anything for you at that other than you and God. That's just, it's between you and God. I can't repent of your sins. You can't repent of mine because they're my sins. So if I believe on the Lord, I have to be the one believing. In other words, my mother and father's faith in Jesus does me no good. I've got to choose to believe in the Lord. Now, when it comes to baptism, guess what? Um, I'm not going to say you can't baptize yourself, but it'd be kind of weird. This, you know, it's different. So the preacher or a family member or a good friend can help you in the act of water baptism. But when it comes to this Holy Spirit, and when it comes to you experiencing the fire of the Holy Spirit, guess what? No one can do anything for you with that. You can't do it. The preacher can't do it. As much as mom and dad wants to try, they can't do it. It's a God thing, and I think that's why it's done on the inside, because he proves to us all over again that only God can do the supernatural and the spiritual. So how do we play a role in this? Well, we don't put the fire out once it's started. We can't start it, but we can sure put it out. I was at a restaurant recently that had a real beautiful fireplace. To be honest with you, the fireplace never crossed my mind. I didn't really see the fireplace when I walked in. I sat down, and it was a cool day. It was springtime yet, but yet there was a little cool front that went through. And the waitress came over, and she said, Sir, I, I guess you're sitting by the fireplace to get warm. Well, I looked, and there was no fire in the fireplace. I said, Not really. And she said, Oh, do you want me to light the fireplace? I Sure. And she didn't get a match. She didn't get a torch. She got a remote control. And I knew I was in trouble then. She clicked on it. Nothing worked. Clicked on it. Nothing happened. And I said, you, you, you think your remote needs a new battery? No, 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 no. She clicked on it and clicked on it and clicked on it. I said, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not that cold. No, no, no. There's a reason it's not working. So the manager comes over. And the manager says, well, it's not working because someone has put out the pilot light. See, it was one of these gas-operated deals, and one click would light the flame. Here's what happened in your life. When you repented of your sin, grace, the wonderful work of grace, lit a small flame in your life. The burning flame of God was initially lit in your life. But what God wants to do is kind of like a remote. What God wants to do is take that small little burning pilot-like flame of his grace, and grace wants you to burn bright and hot with the flames of the Holy Spirit within you. Again, don't get confused with the kid's Bible story with the fire. It's an inside deal because fire always burns out stuff that doesn't need to be there. The word is purification. The flame of God that's in your heart because of God's grace wants to burn so long and so bright that it purifies your inner man. Check this out. The reason this is so critical, Mario, you got to get this. Pastor Manning and Pastor Anthony, all of us that are in ministry of teaching others, we have to get this. This is critical. Check this out. 
The reason it's so important to see John's words, I baptize you with water, but someone else is coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, is because until now, no one's ever had an experience with God from the inside out. They've only had an experience with God from the outside in. They've been given commandments to obey, rules to follow, and thank the Lord that there were thousands upon thousands of people that tried to do it, but they didn't want to do it. Have you ever had someone in your life that tried to follow rules, but the whole time they didn't really want to follow the rules? It's kind of like my kids and your kids and us. I've got two little girls, and I'll tell one because they're going crazy on each other, fighting and screaming and dog cussing each other. They learn it from their mom. They'll get crazy. Trust me, it's in Spanish. I have no idea what's being said. But they'll be fighting each other, and I'll say, you look at your sister right now. You look at her, and you apologize to her now. And inevitably, this is how the apology goes. Here's one daughter. The daughter that's supposed to look and apologize goes, sorry. And I'm like, no, you, you turn around and you look at her like you love her and you tell her like you mean it from your heart. You mean it. Tell her you're sorry. And I've got one, no names mentioned, that's at the point in her life. She'll look me in the eye and say, but I don't mean it and I'm not saying it. <laughs> Check this out. Here's where we all are, right? We don't really want, without the Holy Ghost, we don't really want to live a life that's godly and holy because we're not godly and holy. And John said, until now, all you have to do to please God is to follow some rules, even if you don't mean them, even if you don't want to do them. Just follow the rules and you'll please God. So a lot of people tried that. But God in his wisdom says, it's not really working out too well. You're doing pretty good on these rules, but your heart's the problem. You don't really mean what you're doing. So what I need to do is I need to give you a new heart. I need to take all these rules and I need to put them on the inside of you and give you an inward, an internal want to to please me. I want you to really want to live for me, not just be forced to live for me. You ready for this? This is worth writing down. I want to take you from having to do something to getting to do something. From the have to to the get to. So the Holy Spirit comes with fire. And the purpose of the word fire is to show you that it wants to burn out the old way of doing things. And give you a new way of doing things. Someone clap your hands this morning. That's some good stuff. And here's where we are. There's a lot of New Testament people trying to live for God the Old Testament way. They're trying to fulfill all the rules like the Old Testament way, but they're not doing it through the New Testament solution to the problem. So therefore, they get frustrated. And after times, if you're frustrated, you'll quit. So a lot of people don't make the journey with Jesus Christ because it's painful. It's hard. They don't want to do all the things they've been told in the Bible that they should be doing because they don't have a motivation from inside. They're only motivated from the outside. So here comes the Holy Spirit by grace. It's always by grace. 
Grace wants to baptize you just like he did with water baptism last week. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and let something burn out all the stuff on the inside of you to give you a brand new, fresh start at living a life for God out of faith because you really love the Lord. Someone say amen. So now we've got this fire started by grace. You want to go to scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19. In King James, it's stated this way, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. In other words, don't put the fire out. You've got this incredible fireplace in the restaurant. It's got a pilot light. It's not costing a lot of money. Just leave the pilot light on. That way we can let it burn hotter and brighter and warm up the room. Well, grace has lit the pilot light of your life. Don't you go now and put it out. Let it burn. And here is the next step on how to let it burn. The same chapter, 1 Thessalonians 5, but a few verses later, verse 23, says, Now may the God of peace make you holy. Everyone say holy. In every way. Holy in every way. One script, one uh, version of scripture says through and through. Holy through and through. From your head to your toe, from fingertip to fingertip. God wants to make you holy in every way. What does that mean in every way? Well, it goes on to say, and may your whole, W-H-O-L-E, may your whole spirit and your whole soul and your whole body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. Once you decide to follow Jesus, once you believe and grace makes a way unto salvation for you, Grace wants to see you baptized with water, and grace wants to see you baptized with the fire inside to allow you to live a life that's holy unto God. Here's why it brings up these three parts of us that we all are made up of, spirit, soul, and body, because those three parts of you are now under great attack. It's a great war that's going on within you. Once you believe in Jesus and his grace saves you, you're now under attack. And your spirit's at war, your soul's at war, your body's at war. And nothing, no, nothing can satisfy that war within other than the purification of those areas by the work of the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about your spirit. Your spirit, once you're saved, your spirit is only the only thing that's going to be going to heaven. Your soul's not going to heaven. Your, your, your soul is your mind. It's your thinking. It's your, it's your feelings. It's your emotion. Your body is going to be in the ground. It's going to be made. It's going to be corrupt. It's going to go back to the dust. Now, of which we know in the rapture, and I don't want to get uh, down on this rabbit trail, but in the rapture, that body's going to be glorified, etc. But your spirit, once you come to know Jesus Christ, your spirit's now at war because Jesus wants to own all of it. But what you want in your spirit, you're attracted to worship other things. It's called idolatry. And I'm not talking about the little, little carved out gold people. I thought it was cute. 
Idolatry is not some statue. Idolatry can be too much food. Guilty. You don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> Conviction fail. People are like. <laughs> I feel it. You don't have to raise your hand. Idolatry can be too much golf. I got to get focused, man. <clears throat> Idolatry can be anything and everything that's taken the place of God. Too much social media, too much gossiping. Parents don't throw anything at me. Too much t ball, too much soccer, too much basketball, too much cheering. Moms and dads. Too much overtime because your provision's not in God. You think your provision's in money. You're missing the t-ball, the soccer, the cheering because you're pulling 60, 70 hours a week because you got to drive that car. You got to live in that house. You got to go on those trips. And all of a sudden, something that's meant to be good, something that's not done out of a sinful dark place, it's done out of the goodness of life, but yet it's become God. Idolatry is anything and everything that's now taken priority over God. And your spirit is drawn to idolatry. So if you turn out the fire, your W-H-O-L-E, your whole spirit will not belong to God. You'll give him part of your spirit. You'll give him a percentage of your spirit. Well, when he doesn't have your W-H-O-L-E spirit, you're not holy H-O-L-Y. Holiness is making sure that God is number one in your life. And it's from within out. See, a lot of people confuse holiness. They think holiness is from the outside in. You don't need to worry about what's going on in here. You just need to check out what's going on out here. And holiness is actually, the, it's, it's the opposite. It's what's going on the inside really reveals to us. Are you tracking with me? But then you cannot just forget about the soul. Because your mind, everybody touch your head. You do have one in there. You have a mind. I know it's been a while since you've seen it operate, but you got a mind. And, and, and all the spouses said, amen. <laughs> you have a brain. You have a neurological system. You have a cerebral function. It's the mind, which is the home. It's the house of all emotion, of all thoughts. And that mind, that brain, that, 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 that engine, now that grace has saved you, grace wants to own it as well. But if it's not whole... And holy, your mind, it, it, what it wants to do is take you into an unhealthy view of your place. You'll view yourself better than what you really are. It's called pride. Or you can view yourself a lot less than what you are. It's called pride. Pride issues will make you strut. And pride issues will make you walk around all broken and meek. And oh, poor, poor, pitiful you. Pride issues. The emotions of a man. 
will bring him away from God instead of bringing him to God if you put the fire out. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.19 said, don't put the fire out, man. Kindle the fire. Breathe on it. Stir it up. Let it burn ever more hot. Because why? Because i got to get this spirit right. i got to get my soul right. got to get my thinking right. I was in a Bible study last week, Sunday evening, in the, in the evening hour. I was doing a Bible study here on church campus, and I was working with this wonderful man uh, that's on a journey trying to find more of God. And he said, Can I ju- it's just us, man. It's just us, preacher. Do you have any issues? I said, bro, do I have any issues? You want them in alphabetical order? Where are we going to start? I said, yeah, I've got issues, man. He goes, what's your number one issue? Man, I'm like, I'm the one doing the Bible study, bro. Stay off me. <laughs> this ain't about my issues. This is about your issues. I got one Holy Spirit, and it does my convicting, and you ain't it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I had to come clean with him. And I'll come clean with everybody in the room. I said, without question, man, I know my number one issue. I got a lot. I got a lot, a lot, a lot. But hands down. Probably my biggest problem that I deal with is I lose the war within me. I put the fire out in me when it comes to my short-fused temper. I get snappy. I get irritated real quick. Like, I'm irritated with how some of you are looking at me right now. I ain't even going to lie. I ain't even going to look at you because you're going to know I was looking at you when you were like, I'll break your arm off and hit you with it. Look at your watch like that again. See, my, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? That, that wasn't me. That was, I didn't, that was the devil in me speaking like that. Did you see that? I just literally said to a church member, I'll rip your arm off and hit you with it. That ain't of God. That is not Holy. But I do that kind of stuff. Traffic, people bother me. My kids bother me. <laughs> Bishop bothers me at times. <laughs> bothers me, man. Just pushes my buttons. Bishop better back off. I get irritated, man, snappy. And when I'm not right with God, whenever, you know, when that flame goes from down to just, and I get snappy, you know. Matter of fact, I'm going to give all of you permission. No, I ain't. That's stupid. (laughs) Now, see, that was my soul. My mind just went stupid, so I said something stupid. You get my picture. You get me. Man, I don't know what your problems are, but mine, I know, man, I'm not, when I get edgy, when I get, mm, well, I get it. And what it is, it's not holiness. I'm not living holy with either a W or an H-O-L-Y. I'm not living holy. The flame of the Holy Spirit is not purifying me. I love God. I'm saved. I mean, it's not about a sin issue so much that I'm lost. I'm just not walking in holiness. 
I'm at my best. You are at your best whenever you allow grace to take you to this next level of living in holiness. Here's the thing. Um, I'm going to have to skip ahead here on my notes real quick. Let me find this. Uh, here it is. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5. This is what holiness living is. It's not temper tantrums and irritability and anger issues. Here's what holiness is. Galatians 5 in the NLT verse 22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace. Should we skip patience or should we include that? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Do you want me to say self-control or should we skip self-control? There's no law against these things. So, I mean, this would be good for me to close my sermon with, but I'm not done preaching, so I'm going to give you an early close. What is your life producing? Are you producing this kind of fruit? If so, those are days that you need to be thankful because you're living in holiness. But if you're not producing this kind of fruit, those are the days where you have to throw your hands in the sky and say, Father, forgive me for putting out that fire of grace that you started. I want to win the war over my spirit, over my soul. And remember, there was a third one, your body. Let me touch this quickly. And I need everybody to listen here. There's one side of people's belief system that thinks holiness has nothing to do on the inside. It's about everything on the outside. You gotta look right, you gotta smell right, you've gotta walk right, you've got it's all about the appearance, the performance of holiness. But then there's another side that says, oh, it has nothing to do about the outside. You look at the inside of a man. So, therefore, they're not worried about the exterior. They're not, they have no concern about what's going on in the external. It's all about inside, inside. But did you notice what Scripture teaches us? Holiness is in the spirit, but it's also in the soul, but it is holiness in the body. So you can't say that you're living a holy life inside, but yet your outside doesn't reveal that. Nor can you say you're living a holiness life on the outside, and your inside not reveal that. Some of the most holy external people will cut you up and spit you out behind your back. Not holiness from inside, but some of the holiness people from the inside will chew you up and spit you out looking on the outside. That's not holiness. Holiness is through and through. Every way, the Bible said in King James, wants to make you holy in every way. Here it is. Here it is. Somebody get your open Twitter app. Put this Check this out. The Holy Spirit wants to make you holy in
because he'll reveal it to you. But then secondly, will you pray this? God, once you show me, will you change me? You've shown me where I'm not holy. Will you change me? And then thirdly and lastly and finally, before I pray over you, will you pray this prayer? Say this out loud. Holy Spirit, fill me. Complete me. Fill me to completion. If you'll pray, Holy Spirit, show me where I'm not living a holy life. If you'll pray, Holy Spirit, change me. I want to partner with you to change. And then if you'll pray, fill me. The lid of your life will be taken off. And God will pour his spirit out upon you. And it'll fill you. Hey, I want to do something. This is completely on the fly. And if this is not comfortable for you, it's totally cool. But there's a few people that might be comfortable with it. I, I did not see me doing this. And I know y'all just stay in the direction you're going. But if we could take our, our light setting down a little bit. I want to do this. I don't know if I've ever done this. This altar stretches from that door to that door. And there's, there's an altar area here. I'm going to bypass using our prayer partners today. And if you would like to come and just have a moment with God privately, you could kneel at the altar. You could turn and kneel in the pew you're sitting in, or you could stand. But I want to open this up for a moment of prayer, and then I'm going to dismiss you. But if you just want to take this worship song and pray these three prayers, show me, change me, fill me, because I want to live a holy life I want you to come. Let's stand together. This altar's open. Come find you a place. And while we sing, pray those prayers.